You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Live from Liverpool, the Dark Paranormal, Season 7. My name's Kev Eustace, and welcome back to the Dark Paranormal, Season 7. Firstly, I'd like to say a big thank you to everyone who's reached out over the last few weeks. The most popular question I'm being asked is have I filled all the slots for Season 7? And the answer is sadly yes. But by all means, don't let that stop you from sending in your true paranormal experience. As for future seasons, we'll probably stop swapping between famous and listener stories and just do whichever story feels right that week. Therefore, don't let the fact we filled Season 7 stop you from sending in that experience, as no doubt we'll need lots more. Send your email over to thedarkparanormal at hotmail.com. And now, for today's story, I'm going to need you to consider what it would feel like to be in the presence of evil, and not just in a situation you can walk away from. I'm talking about an evil which would resonate where you live, just on the other side of the wall. And what if, although you couldn't place exactly what this evil was, one thing you did know is that it seemed to be controlled by someone you were expected to put your trust and safety in the hands of. However, before we get to today's amazing true paranormal experience, I of course need to thank our Patreons. When you sign up to Patreon, not only do you receive these episodes ad-free and before everyone else... 
you also gain access to the entire back catalogue of Dark Bites, the Patreon-only podcast which releases each and every week, even on the downtime between seasons of The Dark Paranormal. We've built a wonderful community of like-minded paranormal enthusiasts over at Patreon, and we'd like to extend an exclusive invitation just for you. Simply head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal, just like these wonderful new team members have. Jason Mullen, Tiffany Bryant, Kyle Adams, Lucinda Moharis, Diane, Sarah Clark, Elias Hernandez, Nikita Dementiev, Jennifer Ewing, Pat S, Kevin, Jesse J, Andrea Brown, Candy Howard, Helen Lyons, Nick, Lacey Ferris, Heather Maryson, Leslie, Haley, Chris Jeffrey, Megan, Alexander McCauley and Tony R. Thank you so much guys and I hope you enjoy all the back catalogue of Dark Bites and of course the early releases of The Dark Paranormal. Don't forget, if you'd like to join the team, head over to patreon.com forward slash the dark paranormal. But right now, lower the lights, make yourself comfortable, and of course, leave your disbelief at the door as we hear all about the terrifying room 232. I'm telling my story today to heal some old wounds from the past. It will all probably seem like a cliché, scary story, but every experience I and my roommates went through was genuinely terrifying. I will need to keep the names of the places and people anonymous, but besides that, I will keep the facts straight. To preface my story, I must explain some important details. My name is Jesse and my background is strictly Christian. I was raised going to church three times a week, and even attended private Christian school at the church. Although the rules were abundant and very strict, I was never bothered by them. I simply accepted the rules as normal. Even after all I went through, I would still say I had a good upbringing, because I know my parents did their best to give me a good life. By the time my high school graduation came around, I decided to attend a small Christian college in Kentucky. Being from California, this decision sounded ridiculous. However, I wanted some freedom and there weren't many church-approved colleges to choose from. If freedom meant moving 2,000 miles away from home to go to an acceptable college, then so be it. Everything about moving to Kentucky was so different from California. The terrain, the weather, the people, the food. It was all so new to me. It was a total adventure. However, my college experience would soon slowly end in absolute madness. My story begins in the fall of 2019, about a week before my sophomore year started. Since I worked on the college campus, it was required of me to arrive one week prior to move-in day to prepare the college for the first few weeks of the school year. This was convenient for me since I could move into my room before the other students arrived. The college, like my church, had strict rules. Did I follow them all? No. But I understood that if I kept a clean record and low profile, I would have no issues. Plus, I already had a good reputation around campus, so I was trusted by staff. 
this would come back to bite me later, but at the time, it was a good thing. I was assigned the position of room captain to my room. Therefore, I knew who my roommates were before move-in day. Two of them were returning students, both sophomores, and one was a freshman. One of them, let's call her Ray, was already living in the dorms since she was working a job in the area. I gathered my belongings and moved into room 232. Room 232 was a fairly nice room, compared to the other rooms anyway. It had brand new bunk beds and brand new carpet. It smelled and looked fresh. I didn't have any bad feelings upon entering the room. But it was probably because I was distracted with my new roommate, Ray. Ray and I were already friends before we were roommates, so it was a breeze moving in with her. Moving day arrived and it was so easy. The campus was bustling with new and returning students. I spent some time walking around campus, greeting friends and meeting new students. Sometime during the afternoon, my second roommate arrived. I have to admit, I was nervous to meet her. Her name was Diane and she was more of an acquaintance than a friend. However, I was pleasantly surprised with how well we hit it off. We spent the rest of the afternoon and evening moving her belongings into the room. My third roommate did not arrive that day, but would arrive within a few days. All of us were nervous about our last roommate, but we were relieved when she was very sweet and easygoing. Her name was Jen, and she was only 17. Finally, the anxiety of having new roommates was over. The school year started and we all had our separate lives. However, we were roommates so we all ended up in the same place at the end of the day. Room 232. It all began for me on the first Tuesday night of the school year. I was lying in my bed dozing off to the sound of the humidifier in my room when I felt something pulling at my leg. I wasn't startled, surprisingly. In fact, I was more annoyed than alarmed. I pulled my leg back and rolled over to my previous position, but almost instantly, I was jerked off my bed by my leg and dragged across the floor to Ray's bed. To say I was scared would be a crime, because I was horrified. The next thing I remember, I was being lifted mid-air next to the bunk bed and heard an unrecognisable scream leave my throat. I gasped into consciousness and was covered in sweat. It was just a nightmare. I've always had vivid dreams. However, nightmares were extremely rare. Thinking rationally, the school year had just started and it was probably my subconscious interpreting the stress from the last few days. I took a few deep breaths and fell back asleep. The next day, another oddity happened. I was getting ready to attend church that evening when I got a very deep, depressed feeling. I hesitated a moment and tried to think about something else. I figured it was probably just hormones messing with me. Then things got weird. Out of nowhere, a gruesome image appeared in my head. It was a very graphic scene of my lifeless naked body laying in the room's bathtub 
with slit wrists. It was comparable to watching a violent scene of a slasher movie over and over again, but not having the luxury to look away. I was disturbed to say the least. Nothing like this had ever happened to me before. I went to church that night, but in reality I wasn't there at all. I couldn't shake the sadness and I couldn't shake that vision. The rest of the night is somewhat a blur. All I know is that I woke up the next morning completely fine, so I dismissed the troubles of the previous night. Although we all had side jobs and were exceptionally busy, we wanted to get to know each other better, so we planned a mini party for that Sunday night. We spent that evening talking, laughing, asking different questions like what's your favourite food and what's your background. After answering a few questions, the question, what's your biggest fear, was asked. When Ray answered, she said the idea of being forced into the human trafficking system scared her the most. Well, that was a very specific fear. The night went on and we eventually all fell asleep. The next morning, we were getting ready for classes when Ray approached me. She said that she had scratches on her private area and she wasn't sure how they got there. I figured that she'd accidentally scratched herself in her sleep. But when she showed me her nails, they were cut to the edge of her skin short. I really didn't know what to think but I figured there must have been some sort of explanation. Ray then mentioned that there were rumours that this room was haunted. I'd heard the same rumour, but I didn't pay it any mind. However, I couldn't help but think of the nightmare and the suicide image from earlier in the week. I was comfortable with Ray, her being my friend, so I didn't have any trouble telling her what happened. We kept the events to ourselves, however, but we didn't forget them. The next day, we all woke up in a bit of a shock. None of the alarms had gone off, and we were frustrated. As we hurried to class, Ray mentioned what happened when she came home from work the night before. As she returned after midnight, she was purposefully trying to stay quiet so as not to wake us up, and as she crept through the room... From next door, she heard voices. This may not seem like something out of the ordinary, but the room next door was the dorm supervisor, Miss Thompson's apartment. And not only did she live alone, she was currently out of town for personal reasons until the spring semester. The room should have been empty. To keep this story straight, I will need to describe the construction of the dormitory. The dormitory was a renovated motel from the late 1990s. The motel was a two-floored building with a left and right wing connected to a lobby area. Once the motel was renovated, the right wing was transformed into the ladies' dorm and the left wing was made into the men's. The lobby area that connected the two wings had several different areas. A snack shop, a cafeteria, the mail room and the social area. Although the building itself was old, 
the building was almost completely made out of concrete, and therefore its walls and foundation were strong. Our room was located at the far corner of the right wing, which was right next to the supervisor's apartment. The apartment was originally two motel rooms, but were renovated into a single unit. The dorm supervisor, Miss Thompson, very rarely let anyone into her apartment. She most likely just wanted her privacy. However, the voices next door were still a mystery. I figured the college was having maintenance fix something in her room, but Ray wasn't convinced. She had every right to doubt that explanation. Ray would get home around 12.45 to 1am in the morning, and so it would be odd to have maintenance working at that hour. Our lives continued, but unexplainable events kept happening. One afternoon before work, I heard thumping next door. Maybe it was rats or pests, I didn't know, and I didn't have time to think about the possibilities. Frankly, I don't want to believe it was something that was paranormal, nor did I want to worry about it. It was just thumping in the wall, nothing more, nothing less. Things weren't so easy for Ray. She had new scratches, and this time they were on her hand. When she showed it to me, the best I could have described it would be like an animal scratch. There were three parallel lines scratched on the top of her hand. I once again looked at her nails, but, alas, they were still very short. There was no way she could have done it in her sleep. I didn't want to believe something was going on, but something deep down inside of me knew that something was very, very wrong. I started noticing that our room didn't feel the same. It felt like someone was always watching you. At this point, my sleep started to get uncomfortable. I'm naturally a long, deep sleeper, and I usually can sleep through just about anything. One could blame it on college stress, but this was different. I felt nervous, even when I went to bed, and I couldn't get to sleep. Even if I'd had the busiest of days, I couldn't get or stay asleep. When it finally came time to lie down, I would hear rustling in the closets. We had two sections in the room that were designated for closet space, and my bunk bed faced outward towards the centre of the room. I was basically exposed to both of them, one on each side. I could hear the movement, but I dared not look. Even if I wanted to see whatever was making the noise, I couldn't physically see because it was dark and I didn't have my glasses on. I would just lay there in silence. It felt as if someone was tapping underneath my mattress. I slept on the bottom bunk so I knew it wasn't a roommate playing some joke and the tapping was directly under where my head was resting. This tapping would become a more and more frequent occurrence. It became normal to hear noises next door in the supervisor's apartment, even though she wasn't back. I ignored it most of the time. However, things started to get worse. 
Ray and I began to talk about the weird events with Diane. But Diane wasn't convinced. We discussed the topic a bit more over the following weeks, but Diane still didn't believe anything unusual was happening. That's until one night. Diane claimed that she was in bed when she had... Her name whispered in her left ear. Thinking it was Ray, she called out but got no answer. The next morning, Diane confronted Ray about it, but Ray denied it. It was weird, but it could be explained by someone talking in their sleep, which, in our case, was most likely Jen. She sleep-talked almost every night. We would joke about Jen saying strange things, I brought it up in conversation with Jen halfway through the semester. But, strangely, Jen said she'd never been told that she slept talk before. Being from a family of ten siblings, that shocked me that it was news to her. I didn't sweat it, but it was weird and creepy. Why would it only start here? Jen was on the top bunk of my bed, so I could hear her talk, but I couldn't see her. Ray and Diane both claimed on several occasions that Jen would sit up in the night and face towards Miss Thompson's apartment wall and talk for long periods of time. Sometimes they said she would be talking in another language. I heard this as well, but I couldn't identify what the language was. All of this just added to the uneasiness that we all felt living in room 232. I started getting curious about our situation. Some people claimed the room was haunted, but I wasn't having any luck with the history of the room. First, I looked into the motel itself, but no luck. Then I started casually poking around just to see if I could get in touch with any of the previous students who lived in that room. But again, I had very little success. I wanted answers though, and I was determined to find them. At the same time, my mood started to deteriorate. I was more blunt, less friendly. The drained feeling was so overwhelming at times that I couldn't perform my everyday tasks. My roommates started feeling the same symptoms. One night... Ray got home and decided to take a bath. As she started to relax in the tub, someone was frantically trying to get into the bathroom. It must have been terrifying and I felt badly for her when she told me. It seemed like whatever this thing was, was affecting her most out of all of us. She already had underlying health issues and she needed sleep. She just wasn't getting any. I could just feel this entity weighing on her. Another night, Diane heard her name whispered in the night again. However, this time she knew it wasn't Ray or Jen. The next morning, she told me about it and became nervous. Me, Ray and Diane were convinced there was something wrong with room 232. Jen, on the other hand, was the only one who didn't give the idea much thought. We talked about the weird things that happened, but most of the time we didn't tell Jen. 
She was only 17, after all. And if she didn't notice anything strange, then it was a blessing in disguise. One day, Jen couldn't find the kitchen keys. All of us helped her, and we literally looked everywhere trying to find those keys. After about 15 minutes, I heard Jen gasp in surprise. And when she called us over to her desk, there were the keys, delicately sitting right in the middle of the empty desk. There's no way that all of us would have missed them. The end of semester was fast approaching, and I was eager to go home for Christmas. But at this point, I truly felt my mental health starting to decline. I started feeling impulsive, depressed, downright crazy. I felt my discretion and my character starting to slip. Nightmares and visions plagued my brain. However, I managed to keep my reputation normal. After work one night, I was getting ready to take a shower when I noticed something on my chest. It was a bruise. I stood there staring at it, desperately trying to think of an explanation. But I just knew it wasn't my doing. As I stood there, I realised that this was no longer something that could be dismissed. We needed help. I decided that next day that I would do the only thing I could think to do to get rid of an unholy presence. I fasted and prayed with all my might. My roommates prayed with me for a few nights to help me stay strong. My fasting period lasted six days, and by the end I felt peace. The end of the semester came, and we all went home for Christmas. I thought it was all over. Little did I know, it was far from the end. My second semester was about to start in January of 2020. All of my roommates arrived back and we started getting back into the hang of things. I'd almost forgotten about our room after such a nice holiday. But as soon as I stepped into that room, I could feel something was wrong. I was confused. I'd fasted and prayed and everything was better, right? But it felt stronger than before. The heaviness was thick enough to cut with a knife. Ray sensed it too. What in the world was going on here? I thought maybe one of the guys was secretly into witchcraft or something dark. I thought through my roommates. No, it couldn't be one of them. When I was alone, I even searched through the room to see if there was anything suspicious. Alas, nothing. I couldn't put my finger on it. After a few weeks, my roommate and I decided we needed help from someone who was more experienced in this sort of thing. We all worked together and put together a list of everything that had happened to us. Of course, I kept the list crystal clear and logical. I even kept a list of what each thing could have rationally been, along with each item that happened. We agreed as a room that we would take this to administration and try to get help. I got us an appointment with the vice president and Ray and I prepared for the meeting in our room by ourselves. We were busy discussing when I noticed something. The flame from a candle that we had burning on the dresser was acting strange. 
There was absolutely no movement or breeze in the room, yet the flame was almost dancing. It was hard to explain, but the flame was at least twice as big as it should have been, and it was whipping around intensely, like someone was playing with it. Ray and I looked at each other and decided it was time to leave. We arrived at the vice president's office and began the meeting. I did most of the talking, but Ray gave her input when she wished. I was extremely nervous, but the vice president listened intently. By the end of the meeting, both of us felt heard, and we were confident that he would get us help. He was sincere, and he said he would get back to us about getting the issue resolved. But until then, we had to endure it. Well, we were relieved after we left the office. At least at some point, this would all be over. Let's have a quick break to talk to you about Policy Genius. Now, we all like to put off life insurance talk because it reminds us of our mortality. But life insurance isn't about death, it's about life. It's about ensuring the lives of those you love remain secure and comfortable. And I'm sure many of you will think, well, I'm covered through work or I'm covered through my bank account. But believe me, you want to check those finer details because you may be surprised what you're actually covered for. And this is exactly where Policy Genius come into their own. Yes, we could talk about how Policy Genius is America's leading online insurance marketplace or how their award-winning agents will walk you step by step through the entire process. But the best thing about Policy Genius for me is they don't have a dog in the fight. They're not going to strong-arm you towards one company or another. They've no incentive to do so. Their only incentive is to listen to your needs, scour America's top companies, and find you the best price. For example, with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that begin at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options even offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. There's a reason why Policy Genius has thousands of five-star reviews on Google and Trustpilot, and you'll find out what it is when you tick life insurance off your to-do list with Policy Genius. So head over to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's policygenius.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. 
Even though I was relieved we were getting help, the presence in our room did not lighten one bit. Diane started having panic attacks and started missing classes. Ray started missing classes completely just to get some sleep. Jen was sleep-talking and tossing in her sleep more than ever. Overall, I felt like I was losing my mind. I wasn't sleeping well and I was missing work and school. One night, I had something very scary happen to me. It's not scary in perspective of what I remember. It's scary in regards to what I don't remember. All I can say is I remember walking back from the lobby one night and then my memory blanks. The next thing I do remember is Diane shaking me and waking me up. I was sitting on the concrete in the cold right outside my door. I was completely disoriented. What happened to me? Diane and I were obviously terrified from this. I still can't remember what happened to this day. Things only got worse whilst we waited for help from the administration. This next event is not my story, but I will do my best to be as accurate as possible. One Saturday night, Diane and Ray were up talking after Jen and I had went to sleep. Once Diane climbed up into bed, she started hearing a rustling around the room. Diane asked Ray if she heard it too, and Ray agreed. Instantly, Diane got down from her bunk and joined Ray on her bottom bunk, which was lit with fairy lights. The rustling continued from the closet and items started falling from the closet. Horrified, Diane started having a panic attack as the rustling continued. Ray tried to help Diane calm down, but she started having a panic attack of her own. The noises moved from the closet to the other closet and across the room to the bathroom. At this point, they realized they needed my help. They claimed they both came over to my bed and started shaking me to wake me up. I was such a light sleeper at that time, I don't understand how I didn't wake up. After no avail with me, they went back to Ray's bed and eventually calmed down and went to sleep with the fairy lights on. They didn't tell me the story until the next day. I wasn't shocked by their story. I longed for the day when the vice president would call for a meeting with us. About two weeks after our first meeting, the vice president finally called for a meeting with Jen. I wondered why it wasn't with all of us and was just with her. However, I still got a bit of relief in knowing we might get help. After Jen got out of her meeting, I asked her what was said. But all she told me was that he'd asked her a few questions, asked if she had any history of witchcraft or any complications with medications. Nothing happened for a couple of days, but then Diane was called into the office. When she got out of the meeting, she was frustrated. We talked about it, and she said that again. He asked the same questions, but focused more on the medication history, rather than any supposed history of witchcraft. I was somewhat surprised at this. Next, Ray was called in, and again the same process took place. Once again, I talked to her about the meeting 
and she said the vice president was acting differently. She said he wasn't taking the situation seriously, as he was in the first meeting. I felt anger bubble up inside me as I heard her say this, and I knew I was next. The next day, I was called into the office. He asked a few questions about if I'd perform witchcraft and a few questions about my medical history, and I answered them all honestly. But was that all? Was that this administration's way of dealing with a demon-oppressed room? He started to wrap things up when I stopped him. We aren't crazy, I said. Having four people see and experience the same thing isn't a delusional coincidence. It's all the truth, and we need help. I went on to tell him other things that had happened since the first meeting we had with him. I probably looked out of my mind, to be honest, with red eyes, dark circles, and a desperate, stuttering voice. It most likely appeared that I had imagined everything. However, I knew he trusted me. He seemed like he wanted to believe and help me, but just didn't know how. I knew something was up. Apparently the vice president had talked over our story with the president of the college. And the president must have thought our story was bogus. And this was why the vice president couldn't do anything about it. I was appalled. Especially as the president of the college was in fact the pastor of the church. I left that office enraged. I knew now we were in this fight on our own. A few days after this, we were all called into the office for a final meeting. Miss Thompson, the dorm supervisor, joined the meeting too. I sat and listened to the vice president tell us there was nothing they could do to help us and we would have to tough it out until the end of the year. As I heard his words, I couldn't even look him in the eye. I just stared at the floor and felt my heart break. When the meeting was over, we left in silence, and I went to my room and started questioning everything. I tried my best to pray, but I felt like there was a massive wall between him and I. I knew this was caused by the entity. I couldn't do this anymore. I put on my headphones and blasted music so loudly that I couldn't possibly hear the voices inside my head. I sat in my bathroom and just cried and cried until I physically couldn't do so anymore. Suddenly, my worst nightmare happened. That gory image that appeared to me earlier in the year returned. I instantly called Ray, sobbing, telling her what was happening. She was at work, but she wasted no time in taking an emergency leave and telling me to leave the room and give her ten minutes to come and get me. She arrived and she drove me far away and parked up. When I calmed down, we started talking and tried to remember the good memories we had. After about an hour and a half, we came back to the college. From this point on, my personality wasn't the same, and it showed The name-calling in the night continued. The bruises became bigger and more frequent. The insomnia and nightmares grew abnormal. To say we were exhausted would be an understatement. 
Ray and Diane both claimed to see the entity, but I only had glimpses of it in my dreams. Jen stayed busy and oblivious, although I could tell she was exhausted. She never told me if she saw it, but I also didn't ask. Nights became more scary as time went by. Many times, we would hear sounds of something massive crawling on the walls and ceiling. Diane said some nights she could feel something staring at her from the ceiling onto her bed. My suspicions that someone was dabbling with the occult grew, and I had my theories. I kept them to myself, but I continued to search for answers. I finally got in contact with a previous student who lived in room 232, and I found out we weren't the only ones who faced horrifying experiences. The vice president claimed he'd never heard of this kind of issue before, and I believed him. I still do. However, after asking many people, I found out this was not news to one particular person. The dorm supervisor, Miss Thompson. I wasn't shocked at this discovery. There were plenty of rumours out there about her. I wasn't a fan of her myself because she had a reputation of getting too deep into people's business. But I didn't want rumours to be the foundation for my theories. I continued my research and asked questions to find the culprit. Someone had to be inviting this entity in and letting it live in our dorms. And I knew it wasn't me or my roommates. And then it hit me. I remembered something. When I was on tour the previous summer, my group came back to the college for a day and we were asked to stay in room 235 for the night since our regular room was getting work done in it. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary until I got ready to go to sleep that night. I was working on my laptop that night, and when I was finished, I placed it in a secure location to the right-hand side of my body. I leaned back and closed my eyes. We used our phone lights to see what had happened and we saw my laptop clear across the room, completely shattered. I was stunned and tried to make sense of it. I told my friends where I put my laptop, and didn't know how it ended up all the way across the room like that. Keep in mind, this happened months before I was even in room 232. I'd forgotten about that incident until then. The worst part was, room 232 and room 235 surround one thing. Miss Thompson's apartment. My theory was not proven until one night. It was late on a school night when I was setting out my outfit for the next day, when Miss Thompson came into the room without warning. She seemed anxious and out of sorts. Have you seen Ray? she asked. I figured she was still finishing up at work, so I just told her that. Apparently, Ray and her sister were missing, and no one knew where they were. Miss Thompson left, and I was worried for Ray. I didn't have my phone, so I couldn't contact her. So, I decided to stay up and wait for Ray. After a long while, my anxiety grew worse. So I decided to leave the room and ask Miss Thompson if there were any updates on her whereabouts. 
I left the room and boldly knocked on her apartment door, then waited a bit. I knocked again, but realised she wasn't there. I started to walk away when... Someone knocked on the door from the opposite side. I was stunned. It couldn't, it wouldn't have been Miss Thompson. There was no logical reason why she would do that. So it appears my theory was true. The entity was coming from Miss Thompson's apartment and she was lying to the administration about the situation. Eventually Ray did come home that night and it was all some big misunderstanding. I told my discovery to my roommates, excluding Jen of course. I loved Jen but I didn't want to scare her. None of us did. I kept my distance from Miss Thompson from that moment on. But my simple choice would not be as easy to keep as I thought. You see, Miss Thompson approached me one night after prayers and said the strangest thing to me. She said, I've noticed something has been off with your spirit lately. Is everything okay? I laughed out loud. I found it ironic that she would ask me this after she knew that the administration told us they weren't going to help us with our issue. I assured her I was fine. She pressed hard on the subject, but I didn't budge. However, I knew that I should at least try to solve the problem. When she left, she said her office was always open. Maybe I was wrong about this whole thing. Maybe I should give her a chance. I decided to go to her office the next day. I didn't want to go off subject and I wanted the meeting to be short and sweet. By the next day, I had a deep feeling that I should not go through with this meeting. But for once, I ignored my gut and went anyway. She closed the door behind me and I got right to the point. I asked her what she noticed was different about my spirit and how could I fix it? I immediately knew this was a mistake by what she said. She replied, Oh, nothing in particular. Then asked me to sit. I felt trapped. She started asking questions. Not generic questions, but personal questions. I wasn't letting this person get into my life that easily. So I gave curt and general answers. But then she brought up something so incredibly personal that I could feel the anger bubble up inside me. Why would she bring that up? How did she know this? This particular business was my Achilles heel and I was appalled that she brought it up like she did. I answered almost everything with the simple phrase that's my personal business and I don't feel comfortable answering that. The more I stayed, the more attacked I felt. I cut the meeting short by coming up with some excuse. She tried to break me for information and tried to take advantage of me when she knew I was not doing well. She knew. I knew she knew. I never in my life have been so angry about anything. 
Spring break was approaching fast and one day after classes, I relaxed on my bed, scrolling through the internet when I heard Diane moan something. Shut up. Her voice sound annoyed. You're so loud. I found it somewhat funny, but I didn't pay it any mind. About 15 minutes later, Diane woke up and I asked her if she remembered talking. Surprisingly, she said she did, because she said I was being too loud. I was confused and I told her I hadn't made any noise at all during her nap. In fact, I hadn't moved from the bed at all while she was sleeping. Diane went on to explain she heard someone laughing and clapping from the closet on the right-hand side of the room. We were both creeped out by this. Around this time, the COVID-19 era began and quarantine was in full swing. I'd left for spring break and was staying with friends in Missouri for three weeks. Whether school would continue was a big dilemma. I didn't care either way. I was enjoying the long, fresh nights of uninterrupted sleep. No demons. No nightmares. It was sweet bliss. When I finally got word that school would, in fact, continue, I decided to press on and finish. When I returned... I realised that it would just be me and Jen to the end of semester. Ray and Diane wouldn't be returning. I didn't blame them one bit. In fact, I was relieved for them. The night I moved back in was the night I was welcomed back by another nightmare. In it, Diane called out for me in the night. I instantly got up and joined her on the top bunk to try and calm her fear and anxiety. When I looked into her eyes, they rolled back into her head and her jaw dropped open. Her skin faded to a greyish rotting colour and swarms of flies suddenly burst out of her eyes and mouth. I screamed and hopped off the bed and called outside the door for someone to help. I looked up to Diane's bed and took a step back into the darkness behind me. And I heard a voice whisper in my left ear, You're next. I gasped into consciousness and took deep breaths to try and soothe my beating heart. I lay there for a moment when I felt something. I could feel a cold hand touching my right leg. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. I was paralyzed in fear. I remember screaming out to God to make it stop. And thankfully, he showed mercy to me and I was sent to sleep. Classes were almost all through conference calls during quarantine. I started taking naps during the day to help me to get some much-needed sleep. I felt like a walking corpse most of the time. I stayed away from Miss Thompson at all costs. She tried to talk to me but I always cut every conversation short. I wanted nothing to do with her or whatever was living in her apartment. It was just a few weeks until finals. I just had to endure a few more weeks. It was Easter Sunday, and I was getting ready to go and see my boyfriend at the time when something jumped on the bunk bed next to me. Startled, I flinched but saw nothing. What I did see was the bunk bed slightly rocking back and forth. 
I screamed and ran into the bathroom and slammed the door. I would have run out of the room, but I wasn't decent enough. I desperately called Ray on the phone and told her what happened. She stayed on the phone with me until I calmed down and had enough courage to open the door. When I did, there was nothing there and the bed stood still. I quickly got some clothes on and left. Finals week was five days away. I was so exhausted. I went to bed that night feeling like I was losing my mind. Little did I know this would be my second to last night in this horrible situation. This night would be my final straw. I lay down to sleep that night when I got the most unusual sensation. The only way I can describe it would be the feeling one gets when a limb falls asleep and cannot move it without pain. The sensation covered everything from the tip of my toes to the top of my head. I was in agony. I tried to shout out for it to leave me alone. My body was covered in sweat and I could feel the heaviness getting stronger. I almost yelled for a second time, stop, leave me alone. All I remember after that was waking up the next morning. I usually never told Jen the things that happened to me, but this time I did. And her reply shocked me. She stared at the floor and mumbled, I had that same thing happen to me the other night. Whatever this thing was had grown in strength and seemingly had an agenda involving one or both of us. That was it. I was leaving and I didn't care how, but I was leaving. I contacted my mum about coming home and I convinced her I would be able to do all of my finals from home and she thankfully agreed. When it came time to leave, I asked Jen if she wanted to move in with somebody else for the rest of school, but she said she'd be okay. I felt bad for leaving her alone, but I just couldn't handle it anymore. I came home and, just like that, everything stopped. I passed all my finals and I didn't fail any classes for that semester. It was amazing considering my mental and physical state. Over the summer, my insomnia was also cured and I never had another encounter with the demon of room 232. I took a semester off school before returning. Why would I return, you ask? Well, my parents really wanted me to finish school and frankly, I'd pushed my bad memories so far away I thought I had the strength to finish. How bad could it be? Besides, I thought I was 100% better. Unfortunately for me, this was the worst choice I could ever have made. When I arrived on campus, I wanted to keep a very low profile. I didn't want the trauma or drama to return to my memory. However, it wasn't that easy. Not two weeks into the semester, and I had fallen apart mentally. All of the memories and the pain returned and I realised what a horrible decision it was to come back. I'm not going to go into details, but it got to the point where I almost died, and I had to cut off friends, including my best friend, and I never wanted that to happen. To end my story, I'll just say, I'm still recovering from all of this, 
I'm in therapy and I'm doing my best to get better. Thanks for listening to my story. Stay safe and never forget to take care of yourself before you help or please others. Jesse. A huge thank you to Jesse for submitting her true and harrowing personal paranormal experience. I and I'm sure all of the listeners would be keen to know exactly what happened with Miss Thompson. So Jesse, if you're listening and you have any updates on that situation, feel free to drop me a line. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 3 of season 7. And once again, thank you for choosing to spend your time with us here on The Dark Paranormal. Don't forget, becoming a member of our Patreon team will give you access to four additional Patreon-only podcasts per month, plus the entire back catalogue of those Patreon-only shows, and of course, early access to episodes of The Dark Paranormal before anyone else. Head over to patreon.com forward slash thedarkparanormal. For our Patreons, I'll speak to you on Sunday for another episode of Dark Bites, and for everyone else, I'll see you next week here for episode four, of season seven. And until then, remember, when you're discussing the paranormal, always try to leave some of your disbelief at the door. And I'll see you next time, here on The Dark Paranormal. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.